0: Welcome to the official Bathtub Refinishing Podcast, powered by Bathtub Guys Refinishing. This is where we discuss the refinishing industry, interview owners and operators, and give tips to customers and entrepreneurs. Now, here's your host, Daniel Montalvo. Hello, 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 hello. My microphone was off there for a second. All right. So we're just picking up where we left off. This is going to be like the second part of the the podcast. And so we discussed Puerto Rico in the last one. If you haven't seen or heard that one, you can go back and listen. So uh, we're talking about the Puerto Rico project, how things went and stuff like that. Uh, But now we're just going to kind of talk about the industry and stuff. And I'm going to start off with that story that I kind of left everybody hanging on. Yeah. So last week I got a call from this guy and he's like, sending me pictures he's like why this other company do a tub and it looks hideous and it's like shitty and he's sending me a picture and there's like little like pinholes Uh on the tub have you ever seen that yeah so um he was like well the tub is brand new like they installed it a year ago and there was like one or two of them and they got it refinished and uh now it's like all over the place and i'm like well i know it's a new tub you're not gonna like to hear this but it's rusting that type of pinholing, when it starts to spread, mm-hmm. it's because it's rusting underneath, yeah. and that happens for one or two reasons. Either there's some sort of like uh, like grout issue that water's going underneath, or like, or the drain or overflow might be getting uh, might not be secured co- correctly. Mm-hmm. And if there's like no plumber's putty under like the the drain, it might happen, or it might be a factory defect, which happens like we were just talking about, you know they ship these things over here you know they're, they're they're they come from the factory but sometimes when they're building a house they're sitting outside yeah. in the florida freaking humidity or rain and if they don't dry those things off correctly or clean them off correctly that stuff will start to rust and he started he wasn't having it bro he started cursing me out saying that i was retarded that i couldn't fucking read uh because i sent him an article of other people that had this issue and i was like i know what it is he was like no you're fucking lying all shit but the thing that found me, dude, and I started dying was like, you, the plumber, and the builder all keep saying it's fucking rust and it's not rust. I installed tubs for 20 years. That's not rust. And I'm like,
1: bro. So then why don't you know what to do about it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Well, not even just that, bro. Like, if, look, why would three or four people who are completely unassociated say the same thing? Yeah. That, that does not make sense. So he was just, I'm surprised you know,
1: he even kept the conversation going.
0: Yeah, well, I, look, I'm, I was just trying to be helpful, man. Yeah. Like, there comes a point where, like, it's not even just about the money. Like, I knew he wasn't going to do it, but I was trying to steer him in the right direction. Yeah. Like, I was trying to tell him, like, look, because I, I think he, he was under the impression that I was trying to upsell him like a replacement. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't even replace Tubbs. Like, he was in the middle of yelling at me, like, I don't replace Tubbs. I'm not trying to upsell you. He calmed down a little bit. And I was like, I don't want you to go to another company and have them lie to you and say, we're going to fix it. And then in a year be in, back in the same thing, yeah. you know, be back in the same predicament. Cause that would be stupid. You'd just be throwing more money at something that is not fixable. Really. Uh, it, you know, patching it up. Yes. Yeah. The only other thing you could do is probably do like a liquid tub liner or like Echo one of those pour on stuff. That's super thick. Like those things are like a half inch thick. Yeah. Something like that, that it wouldn't happen, you know, but you got to find somebody who installs those things and there's did not I, a lot of did them. Did I
1: tell you about the time where I pushed my finger into a rough spot and my finger just went straight through the fucking floor of the tub and I called the owner in. I was like, look, we can make this disappear, but this is fucked. I was like, you yeah. can't even step in here. Well, she's, luckily, she was like, no one uses this bathroom. I just want it to look nice. I was like, okay, but don't let anyone forget because their toe will go through the hole. Yeah, no, and we've
0: <laughs> done tubs like that too. Normally, the best you can do when it's like an open hole like that is Use foam or something To reinforce it You gotta take that
1: uh, Yeah it's angel Alright that's no, fine it just does We'll
0: cut it. So yeah One one of the ways to, to best fix it Is to just shoot foam under it Bondo it If you really want it Really reinforced When you have something Really deep It's not gonna look pretty You know not. It, it'll look good mm. But it's not gonna look Perfect Would be to Foam it Bondo glass it And then do Fiberglass resin With a cloth Yeah and that shit will not move. Yeah, that's what but I did. It'll um, be wavy.
1: I do that for the f- like fiberglass inserts that flex, you yep. know, once you once they lose that support, they get water damaged, the wood gets soft underneath, but uh this one she didn't even want all that. You know, she just wanted it to look nice, so we did that, but uh the fiberglass cloths, those are lifesavers, man. Yeah. Those they things take are... for, the, the resin takes a while to cure though.
0: Yeah, it does take a minute. Yeah. That, um, that, that stuff is also really messy. It's just, if, you know, it's an extra thing you can do to reinforce it. Mm-hmm. But typically, if you... We, we sometimes use the cloth with just Bondo glass and then a finishing Bondo over it. Um, okay. And that also works. Okay. But I, I don't like to leave the Bondo glass as, like, the last layer unless it's a chip. Yeah. If, if it's a big piece, that stuff, like, it leaves a lot of craters mm-hmm. because of the fibers. Yeah. So you got to kind of fill it in after. But yeah, I mean, this guy, he just, he wasn't having it. He was so, he was so pissy and, and like, I got annoyed with it. But yeah, like I said, it, it's, it wasn't even the sometimes money. They get you under know? your skin sometimes. Yeah. I just like, you know, when you see somebody about to do something really stupid yeah. and you know, like, just listen to me and you'll avoid the stupidity. Yeah. Like he, he thinks that like me and these other two guys I've never met in my whole life are all just. Plotting against him. We're part of the fucking Illuminati of tubs and shit.
1: Or just if if you if he installs bathtubs, I mean, he should know.
0: Well, yeah, but also he knows probably that that entails like ripping out you know, the yeah. tubs, the, the the tile, and all that. And that stuff. goes back
1: to what I was saying about uh, people think this is like a one time thing. Yeah, you do this, and then a few years later, you have us come back and we bring it to life again. Yeah, it, it doesn't have to be just one time. This lasts for the rest of your life. This is like a you, you maintain this now. You know, you clean it correctly, you call us, and you want a fresh new coat on top, we'll come, we'll send it down and apply a new top coat. And, you know, it'll look like new again within hours, five years from now.
0: Have you seen these adhesion tests that people do online? I'm going to send you one. There's somebody who tested um, this polyester primer. It's not an epoxy primer. And he says that it adheres, like, a lot better than what we use. Really?
1: Yeah. Like there's a big difference. I've been seeing a lot of the cognit coatings, co- 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 Cogent? or cogent. cogent coatings. Yeah, the, the wipe on
0: primer and all that. I, well, you know, everyone has wipe on primer now because okay. you, know, you can get it from Midwest. Top coat has uh, crosslink three, which is the same stuff. This this silane based, yeah. and then Hawks um, Hawks is the one that has the polyester one. From what I've heard, the thing about this that like kind of surprised me though, is that regardless of which kind of, like, resin primer was used, every single adhesion test tested better with just top coat and wipe-on primer. Hmm. Like, the adhesion was, like, like very noticeably different. And the, the, the only thing I could think of is that those saline things just bond, like, super tightly. Yeah. Because uh, I, I was reading or I was listening to this gentleman talk about it and he was saying that come like the resins for the top coat aren't actually by default fully compatible with a epoxy primer because they're not, we don't use an epoxy top coat. We use a a polyurethane and uh, that, that would actually work better with a saline one or a polyester one that even tights like it it bonds tighter. Um, but, yeah, it was really interesting. I'm always looking at, like, what's going on yeah. with the coatings and stuff. In this video, you can see him, like, run a blade to it, and, like, it's just not budging at all. When, when he did basically the Midwest stuff, he, I think he even says he was using Midwest primer. He was using the Aerospace, the Top Coat, and Acid Etch. That's, like, industry standard, Sorry, right? Yeah. It, it came up. Now, it wasn't super easy, but some medium strength with yeah. a razor was getting it up. This other shit... The blade was just, like, jumping off of it.
1: Is it wipe-on or is it spray-on?
0: It was a wipe-on. Wipe-on. But you can spray it on, too. Apparently, uh, you just got to, like, kind of mist the gun. Mm-hmm. And, and they say that it's, like, uh, what you call it? It's, it? It is sprayable or wipe-on, the, the saline one. Same thing with the, the new tech that I got that one day. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was just really interesting, like, I don't know, man. Sometimes I, I want to be doing the best thing, but also I'm kind of like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of a thing.
1: Yeah, and I mean, my only thing about the white, I haven't tried it yet, so this is coming from perspective of ignorance, but texture, I mean, you can't beat spraying when it comes to the finish. I mean, I don't know. I have to, I have to try it myself. It, doesn't, it seems like a lot of people are using them. Since on Instagram, I see people wiping on primer top
0: coat is the the biggest manufacturer of bathtub coatings and they completely eliminated their epoxy primer they only use wipe on primer now and
1: and i think that might be the way bro
0: honestly well it, i mean that, that's
1: one less thing to can worry about i mean yeah. you just have to wipe it on That
0: yeah, that technology's existed for a minute in like car industries um the saline ones and it supposedly just bonds a lot tighter to it it's more compatible with what we typically use for top coat they do say, however, like, if you're going to be using, like, a, like if you're trying to really eat the color up, mm-hmm. you might want to use, like, an epoxy or a polyester. Like yeah, actual true. You
1: may have more bleed through. You'll yeah. have to use more Top Coat product.
0: But what I saw was uh, Top Coat tints their wipe-on primer, and they could tint it to white so that it'll eat through it a little easier, too. So, I mean, if you want to spray it on. Yeah. I've used wipe-on primer before. Uh, and honestly, it doesn't leave as much residue as you would think. Uh, I was surprised because that was my concern, too. But I just used the blue shop towels to apply it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't leave much residue. And you can tack it, too.
1: How long does it take to dry?
0: Uh, so, like, it's tack, like you can tack it in about five minutes. Oh, and then you can spray ten minutes after that. Okay. so about, about the same. 15, it's literally about the same. And when we used it at Cabana Bay, we would just have the prep guys, like, just put it on. Yeah. And then behind them just start tacking and then they're ready to spray by that time.
1: So what you got going on new? Any new big ones or?
0: Not anything huge. We're just right now. We're so we're, we're doing a lot of maintenance for the hotels that we have in the area. Um, so there's like typically with commercial you'll, you'll see So there's projects and then there's like maintenance Yeah. and, and they'll keep you and they'll call you in a couple times a week. It's nice. Cause it kind of keeps you busy, but you're not, you know, married to like yeah. this stupor, this super strict schedule. Yeah. Um, so I have Leaky Tiki calling us. Uh, they called us on Friday. We went over and we did like seven or eight, but they had like 15 more that they wanted to do. Now, mind you, we've done the tubs at Leaky Tiki completely. Yeah. Three times already. Like over the span of like eight years.
1: And so they and, just keep calling back to get refreshed.
0: Yeah. because That's
1: to that's, go back to what I'm saying. Look,
0: they, they know and they've told me. Our housekeeping staff is not going to listen to your cleaning instructions. They're yeah. going to destroy them. We just fit into the budget that we're going to refinish the tubs every so often. Yeah. And the ones that get really bad, we'll just, you know, we'll just have you guys come fix them.
1: Which, you know, could be a, a technique we use to communicate with the hotels. Yeah. That if you have um, antimicrobial standards mm-hmm. that you have to clean with certain products, then just consider this as a, ma- a, a routine maintenance. Yeah. That if you're going to ruin your finish by disinfecting it, because of the acidic chemicals and properties that they use with these cleaners. I mean, it's just like- We'll just come back and make it shiny again for you one day.
0: It's just like what they do with their like wood furniture too.
1: Yeah. And that's what I'm getting into with Sheraton. Yeah. Wood furniture, refinishing wood furniture, Um, which great shop work. You know, We we worked it out where we're not gonna be spraying on site at all.
0: That's good though. They,
1: they, They will probably like that just for the optics. Well, it's gonna, it's going back to what we talked about Puerto Rico Mm-hmm. I I, work, I talked to the GC. I explained to him, you know, kind of our workflow we had over there and the issues we had, and we came to the conclusion that they're just going to remove all the furniture, all of the pieces, and we're going to take them to our shop. And now their crews can operate freely. We're not no inherent risk with overspray. Have
0: you mentioned to them
1: your other stuff that you do? Yep. And are they interested at all? They are. So right now, yeah, I'm working on that one. I sent them a a, a quick estimate for a single bathtub refinish, and then because. I guess it's coming up in the budget in a couple years and they were thinking about replacing every single cast iron tub yeah and I was, I like, mean, I was like first off don't do that cast do, call iron call me is sh- like I was that, like we'll produce yeah. 15 of these a day easily and we can also meet your non-slip standards thanks oh, to my yeah. boy Daniel if you want I come do the test for you I have I it. you already know man you already know I'm going to be over here yeah so that's I, awesome I've been listening to what you said I've been implementing it and if you're listening to these podcasts listen to what the hell we're saying and implement it because it works. Don't be scared. Um, There's a lot of different ways you can go about uh, getting these leads um, and closing them. And confidence is key. If you look scared, (laughs) they're gonna be scared.
0: Yeah, Yeah. no, and and like, it's like when I talk about Cabana Bay, you know? Like Like when I went in there, It's hard to convince people that somebody in their fucking early 20s is going to be able to handle something like this, but I
1: did. Yeah. And we did for the most part. There's hiccups. There's always hiccups, but... But that's part of handling it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, hiccups are in any construction industry, you're going to have issues, and that's expected. Most general contractors expect issues, and it's our job as professionals to expect them and then uh, incorporate that. One
0: of the most important things about that, now that you're getting more into the commercial stuff yourself... Is to make sure that the biggest guy... Because this is how it is, man. They always hand off the power to somebody else. You saw it happen in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Jay, he handed it off to Juan. Yeah. All right? And Juan relays it over to me. He has his own assistant, but he's kind of the middleman. Yeah. Don't ever go to the highest tier guy with little issues. Yeah. Only when it's absolutely necessary. Because those people, they chose you... To handle it, just like you said,
1: they don't want they don't want to have to figure your problems out. Exactly, and
0: that's what sometimes that's the difference. Mm -hmm. Like, if you make it to where they don't hear about the little tiny issues, and at the end everything looks perfect in their eyes, everything went perfect. Yeah,
1: and they tell that to their boys, their friends. And that's how that's how I went about this project. Is there was all these different things that they needed accommodated, and this and that, and I was like, look, just tell me what you need, and we'll figure it out. Don't worry about it. That's
0: how you figure it it out.
1: It's my is. That's why you're paying me. Yep. So it works.
0: And that's awesome, man. That you got like, I would, if I were you, I would just tell them like, hey, whenever you get a chance, let me do a demo of one of your tubs. Yeah, you're right. And I just, should I should propose. And, that. Just, and just let them see what it, what it's like. Yeah. Do the best job possible.
1: Oh well, that's all we do. You know that. Yeah.
0: And and if and if for whatever reason something stupid happens, you let them know. I'm not happy with it. Let me fix it. Yeah. Like let them know
1: about about it and be like. I know I told you I was going to give you this back, but I got to fix it. I don't like it. Also, for you know the refinishers listening, these commercial projects, don't be scared on your first one uh, to take newbies with you. Oh, yeah. Because that's how you elevate them extremely quickly. The repetitive, the repetitive movements, the repetitive techniques they're going to get on on these jobs with such volume are going to elevate them much quicker as refinishers than you could ever do residential.
0: Well, yeah, it, it, it lets them know that you have confidence in them yep. and also – sometimes people hear about what we do refinishing even you know you you do like the cabinet stuff and they think like oh is that really like a thing you know and it's such a niche market but when they see like the types of hotels that are willing to get this done and get it done all the time yeah they it legitimizes you too
1: yeah so And, and you know these these uh hotels are looking for ways to efficient ways to save money not ways to throw away money so yeah. if the hotels are incorporating this into their budget into their budget for renovations then it, it works and it, and it is high quality but yep. you know you're still you can't expect new when you're not doing you're not paying for new you're paying exactly. for making existing better
0: exactly that's the mindset you got to have and and i've heard from all too many people i don't like working with commercial because they don't want to pay and it's like you're selling yourself too short or you're not giving them a reason to pay more
1: or and you know if you're dealing with small commercial vendors such as like motels with 30 units here and there um yeah the motel themselves doesn't have that many funds but when you're dealing with these high-end corporate you know yep. commercial projects where funds necessarily aren't issue but there's just a budget and what they're willing to spend but if you come with the right uh, information, the right confidence, and you can validate your pricing and why. And they know.
0: Here, here's the outline to follow basically is like, r- you got to feel them out. Yeah. You got to find out if they're a good fit for you, really, yeah. because that's what they're looking for. Yeah. And if you call a shitty motel and the budget is nowhere in the stratosphere, you could do one of two things. I would take the other route, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what two things you can do you can try to work within their budget and set the expectations of the quality that they're going to get for that money. Yep. And do it knowing you're not doing the best job possible, or you can walk away and explore other opportunities.
1: And just figure out what your company's direction is. Yep. If you want to be high end and work on like higher end projects, which comes with a, a level of stress, yep. don't let, like don't underestimate what we're saying either. You know, when you do go to the Hyatt in Puerto Rico, which is a four star hotel, they are going to expect that their four-star residents and are going to enjoy this tub. So, um, it does come with a certain level of work ethic and product quality that you have to be able to produce. So, if you're not confident that you can produce that level of quality, start small. Yeah, start small, and then and then leverage your way up. I was lucky enough to go with you, so I had support. Yep. And so now my confidence is there. Our company's confidence is there, and moving forward, you know. It's Which, not an issue. By the way,
0: like I met Trinidad once in real life and I just sent his ass to Texas to do a project for me. So, you know what? Well, he lives in Texas, but still it's like a lot of the times you just need somebody, like you said, to have, to give you that support and you yeah. see how things are done and then you're like, okay, well now I can kind of do it. Yeah. Cause you went in there and like, you were telling me about the thing at that hotel, uh, the, the Sheraton that you were talking about and like, you had mentioned to me that they wanted a quote and all this stuff, and it seems like you're in the door, man. Yeah, like, I
1: hope so. Um, I'm, I'm confident about it. I don't, I don't want to say anything because the deal's not signed yet. Mm-hmm. But we are contracted to do a demo, which they're paying a good amount just for the demo. Yeah. So. Hey, man, if they're willing to pay for a demo, I think we're the only ones demoing anything so i don't know if there's anyone (laughs) else involved in this and pretty much my logic is we're gonna fucking kill this demo the fact that they're they're gonna
0: want anyone else the the fact that they're investing in you without knowing the quality or what to expect tells me as somebody who's done this shit for a long time and like has seen these negotiations tells me that they have confidence already yeah so you have the leverage now you just gotta do what you do
1: and that comes and you know that goes full circle when i found your podcast uh, all the shit we were talking, the advice you were giving me, I implemented that. That's what you got to do. When they reached out, I, I implemented the things you tell me. I listened to the things you tell me, and I took your advice. Uh, me and Gilbert showed up in our fucking polos. We, we meant business. We came in there and talked. And we're, What are your numbers? How fast do you need this shit? This is what you're gonna get you were you talking know. their language yeah like this is what are we talking here we're the, not i'm did, not just gonna here to waste your time and you're that, not here to waste my that time.
0: that is the biggest negotiation mistake with our industry is when they go in there and they say well i'm the best and i'll do the best job and i put the best things on paint and i know how to mix paint very well and yeah. look at all me reviews, like, they sound like dumb. Yeah, you know, they, they sound like kids. They, they like, don't want
1: yes man. They want to know, like, for real, can you really handle this? Because if you contract, because I believe just the headboards alone is somewhere around three to five hundred units, mm-hmm. which, you know, that's a lot. It is. It's a lot. And they want they want about five a day produced. That's, but that's doable. It's definitely doable. And, and we've worked around some resources to make <laughs> that happen. Uh but they will also want to see if you understand the volume that they're talking because anyone can say yes, 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 yes. But when you, you know, let's get into the logistics. I brought up transportation, how we're going to maneuver these units, how when do you need them back, how are you going to pick them up, are we going to deliver them, you know, all these things that show that you're thinking beyond just paint.
0: And and asking the right questions answers their fucking questions. That's what yeah. people don't understand. Like, it's not just about how much you want to spend. It's like. When you ask them how fast do you need these turned around and how are you going to pick it, lets them know that this isn't your fucking first time. Yeah. Like, they they're li- like you're you're asking the question, but they, that allows to tell like that allows you to pull more information. Open communication.
1: Exactly. That's what they want. They don't they don't want a yes man, and they definitely don't want someone who's too scared to ask anything. Yep. You know so.
0: You know what I used to do when I first started? This was funny. You might relate to oh. it. Um, I used to really overthink like. What am I going to charge and the logistics and stuff? And I would never fucking ask the people like who were in the position like, like what's up? What are we doing? Yeah. And I used to like, I would negotiate myself down like an idiot. Like, well, you know, maybe three hundred is too expensive. Maybe three fifty. And bro, and then I'm thinking about it and I'm like, if it was me, and like I would the like if I had a budget that's not mine personally, it's some fucking faceless corporations. Budget. Yeah. I'm not thinking about the money. Yeah. It's not mine. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, you know, we get used to that because residential is so personal. Yeah. When you give that quote to, to uh, Sharon, she's like, oh, $400. That hurts my, but my even, bank account today. even then,
0: it's not as big of a factor as you might think, man. Because I raised my prices overnight from 375 to 499 And I had people calling me. And, like, some of them will be like, whatever. Some of them like, that's not bad. Yeah. It, it also is, like, some, some things are a lot to people, some things aren't. But with the hotels, it's really just, like, when you overthink it, you're doing the wrong thing,
1: honestly. And, you know, another thing I, I took into in consideration was, this time I'm working with a GC. Mm-hmm. So the GC himself has a genuine interest in his relationship with the hotel. Yep. So he wants a solid contractor. Contractors,
0: so- the general contractors are that they are overpaid by the hotel so that the hotel does not have to deal with any bullshit mm-hmm. because
1: he's, he's trying to make sure i ain't gonna fuck up his reputation so he's gonna try to find the best contractor for the best buck um and he and i'm and it looks like that we're probably the most uh professional
0: yeah make sure you have a contract
1: oh yeah we got we have an appointment on friday with a lawyer to yep sit with us and generate a contract yes
0: because uh i've worked with contractors before most of them are fantastic but I worked with one from out of state once and it was a pain in the ass to get paid yeah so i have a contract and as look there's only two ways to go about this and i'm just telling you you don't want issues later if they're not willing to sign your contract then you need a deposit and you need to be invoicing them weekly and they need to pay it weekly and if they can't make that happen because they're, they're not going to hire you without a contract. you yeah. got to flip it right back on them. Yeah, definitely. Like, you're not hiring me if I don't sign your paper. And the hotel's not hiring you without a sheet of paper. I need something in writing. Yeah. And just make it like that. Because the last thing you want is to be chasing down money after you do a fucking great job for them.
1: But I don't think that's the case. I'm yeah. just saying, just, you got to be prepared, yeah, you gotta man. you got to prepare yourself. Protect yourself. Because as much as it means nothing for them to spend that money, it means nothing for them not to pay you. You're just one fucking piece of this pie right now. Yep. and that he's like so this this is the big project for me but for this gc this it's is probably a component bro yeah it's one component and he's like look just paint these and get he's like back. i'm spending a million on the lobby i don't give a fuck, fuck. what the headboards look <laughs> yeah. like. like you know i uh, i i totally get that oh yeah but yeah so that's what i got going on um hoping that lands and then um just from just from the puerto rico project i was able to escalate our technician angel yeah you know just within three since we got back, what, how long has it been since we've been back?
0: We got back, like, late. Was it mid-May, early May? May 14th, 15th? So,
1: within a month and a half, he's went from not refinishing to practically being independent. Well, explain where he was at skill-wise, right? Just it, explain it the best you can, because yeah, he so was new. Angel, uh Angel started working with us probably a week before we left for Puerto Rico. Just Really threw him in there, huh? Yeah, and so... Uh, When the puerto Rico project came i had a hired angel and it was we were going to teach him and then the project came and i was like you know what at first we weren't going to bring anybody else it was going to be me um tyler and gordo uh Uh, but then i was like you know what this is gonna this is gonna escalate angel way quicker than anything i could do residential for him so we decided to take him and luckily we did because he knocked out damn near every (laughs) port yeah he started flying he pretty much knocked out all of the the conversion the actual deletes yeah you know he was
0: i mean there was times where he was doing 14 in a day
1: yeah towards the end and really And, knocked and out. you know when he finished it whatever his quota was for the day and the deletes he was going back and etching picking or, up the slack yeah, picking up the slack or wherever needed to be addressed which mind
0: you how old is he
1: 45 so what if
0: you want to do it you can do
1: it. yeah fucking lazy don't be people a pussy. Out there. <laughs> literally <laughs> but uh he uh he stepped up and what it did for him was gave him for three weeks, every day, he saw the same process. So, and we were completing eight units a day, I think somewhere six to eight units a day. So six to eight units a day from start to finish jacuzzi conversions, which he was the first portion of that conversion. And then to watch it follow through, then he would help with me carrying the uh, cart around and watching me spray. And he was very attentive to the technique that I was using and Within three four weeks, the man was came back, and I said, I told him when we were over there. I said, when you get back from Puerto Rico, we're not fucking around anymore. I said, he was ready, though. and he is ready. He's out right now as we're talking by himself.
0: Yeah, that's why there's it, there's a cut you're gonna notice, and it's because he called with a <laughs> yeah. field question.
1: So uh, he's out there. And what what has that been
0: like? Has he been pretty like good at receiving criticisms and stuff like oh, that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah.
1: Uh, he's doing his thing. Um, yeah, yeah, so
0: this is something that like it's not hard but it's tedious to learn yeah, there's so many it, things and it happen. takes a
1: level of want to learn this isn't like you just come in collect your check you pick no you have to kind of want to figure out these things understand compatibilities you know actually produce a nice looking product mm-hmm. you know? i
0: think it's good that you just threw him out there like i told you because yeah. i was having the same issue with ralph from the beginning where like he was spraying the tub and it was never quite right and a couple times he showed like the signs of like all right he could do it he could do this but it got to the point where, like, I was just like, you know what? The only way he's going to learn is doing it. And I just sent him out there, threw him out there. Yeah. And he started, he started doing it. And sometimes it would come out messed up. And I would just send a more experienced guy to go fix it. Cause it would take the experienced guy no time to fix him. Like, as long as it got etched and there's primer, it's a 220 sand in a coat. Yeah. So that's how you got to look at it. Yeah. And that's nothing.
1: Yeah. And then once you do a couple, you realize that it's not that, the process is not. Not hard. hard. It's you know getting comfortable with your with your uh, tools, until a point where you can create a nice fine finish, and you're not skipping steps so that the actual adhesion, the durability is there. Yep. Because you know, me and you know, we can, everyone can not everyone, but a good refinisher can make a tub look nice. But did they etch it? You won't know until it starts failing. Yep. You know, did they catch all the moisture or whatever? Um, but he actually cares, so you can't teach that. I was true. able to escalate his his knowledge quickly, but it was all on him whether he was actually going to do operate at that pace that's awesome and he did so and he he
0: seemed very ready to go i think i think it also he, he proved to himself in that project yeah that he could push himself
1: and, and i did the same thing with tyler tyler was already you know well versed with with the the guns the spray guns but since we got back from puerto rico i just said you're you're just on your own now yep oh and he did and he didn't even skip a beat i don't think he even had an issue adjusting from not spraying by himself to being a full-blown technician
0: that's awesome yeah so things are good and, and one of the most important underrated things, this is one of those things where if you have a free day mm-hmm. and they don't have anything to do, you could tell them, like, hey, go do this. Yeah. It'll have them learn the ins and outs of their spray guns and their equipment yeah. and how to troubleshoot common problems so you don't get the call of, like, I don't know why my, my gun is just keep shooting. Like,
1: yeah, and you know what I've been doing is sending them two together. Yep. And so Tyler has, I guess, some sort of comfort knowing that angel was there and angel had some co- sort of comfort knowing tyler was there and uh-huh. now i'm like okay now you guys need to go do your own thing but uh they helped each other kind of escalate too
0: yeah that's that's really good we typically when we train somebody we do send them like that yeah we send them like an experienced guy and they kind of see the little things that they might be doing wrong yep. or they show them little things that where they can improve yeah even ralph was like that beginning we sent him with a guy that we used to have named gene yeah i've told you stories about that guy uh but
1: uh but ralph didn't pick up his bad habits no he
0: well he he look the thing about gene is gene did not have bad habits on the job site he had bad habits like personally he was just just yeah but the actual work he was a perfectionist okay so it, it it sucks when you have somebody who's so fucking talented like Gene is a person that I could have never trusted. I, I sent Ralph after he actually learned, right? I got a little project for, like, 50 tubs in New Smyrna Beach. And I was like, Ralph, you take all the guys and you manage it. Yeah, And he went and did it. Like, and there was no hiccups. And he talked to the person. I'm like, now that you know, now that I'm paying you more, and now that I know I can trust you and I know you actually care, you can do that. Yeah, like, And he was there, they were there for a week. They knocked them all out. Yeah. They did 10 at a time. And there was like four guys, but he was the guy. He was the leader. Yeah, yeah. And over there, they only know Ralph. They, they just know that I answered the phone. But yeah. that's, and that's cool for him to get those opportunities. Yeah. I could have never done that with Gene. It gives them worth, you know, and, and, self-worth. And it's crazy because Gene was with us, with my parents started. He, he worked here for a total of like 10 years. Like with, between my parents and then me and my brother yeah. when we were running it. And in all that time, I could have never trusted him to do that.
1: Yeah. Ralph and half the time, you know. Can't teach, like, professionalism. No. You know, stuff like that. That's just in them or not. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, yeah, man. Well, aside from that, is there anything else you want to talk about? I don't know. Anything interesting? That's about it going on with us, man. You got to start on that epoxy stuff, man. I know. know. I've been posting them on Instagram, and people just keep asking about it. I'm going to get on that, man.
1: Yeah. But. I'm going to get on it, too, because, like we were talking about, that's the new that's Ultimate. new wave for the countertops. Yeah, it's only it's only a matter of time before more people learn.
0: Yeah, well, they need to. I already said yeah. it. Like, if, if if you're not learning or starting to, you know, to think, I, that's where I got to move when it happens. And four or five companies in your area are already doing it. You're going to be left in the fucking dust. Yeah, because that supersedes the whole refinishing thing. That's more well known than bathtub refinishing.
1: And I mean, it only makes sense. You're not. You have no no overspray. You don't have to worry so much about ventilation. You know, it's pour on. It looks great. Yeah. It's easy to fix. I came over and I put my hand on your And I just heated it up. Heated and, it up and you fixed oh, wow. it. So that was cool.
0: All right. Well, let's end it here. So right. we did 230 minutes. I think that, that, that works better. Yeah. Also, real quick, I'm going to. Uh, we'll end it and then I'll tell you what I, I need you to do for a second. Okay. All right. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time. You just listened to the official Bathtub Refinishing
1: Podcast, powered by Bathtub Guys Refinishing. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Feel free to ask any questions or suggest topics for the next episode by
0: following at Bathtub Guys on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. And thanks for listening.
1: He said the bando is coming.